All right, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good to see you all here. <laughs> Why don't we pray before we get into today's word? Uh, dear Lord God, we thank you, Father, for this morning, God. We thank you, Lord, um, just for meeting us here in this place. And uh, we just pray, Father, that the Spirit would just fill this room, Lord, that uh, our hearts would quiet down and we'd be able to just set our eyes on you, Lord. And as we just, Father, go through the scriptures this morning, Lord, we're just reminded, God, of just how much you love us, how much you're always there to guide us, Lord. And so, Father, we just want to give this day to you. We just want to humble ourselves, God, and give you this time and space to speak to us. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's turn to Second Peter 1, which should be on the screen as well. Yeah, let me read through this. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who uh, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and our uh, and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in, in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. For we did not follow cleverly uh, devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Um, yeah, as I was praying yesterday and asking Lord, uh, you know, asking God, to sort of yeah, walk me through what today's message was be, would be, 
I came through this passage and it was really speaking to me personally. <laughs> and I was also thinking, is this for you know, EMP or is this for, for me? But I felt like there was such a, you know, even in, in this um, passage from Peter, there's, um, you know, there's a charge, there's an encouragement, there's a reminder, there's a warning, there's all these things uh, throughout Second Peter. And, uh, and, and particularly in Second Peter 1, as he addresses, um, as he addresses, you know, God's people here, he's really kind of giving a, a strong, strong reminder. And that strong reminder comes because of the strong warning that's coupled with that, that there's so much at stake, that what's at stake is our hearts, it's our souls, it's bringing others uh, into the coming of Christ. And I think he also hits on a couple points that we'll walk through as we go through the verses. But just as you, we go through it again, uh, not every verse may hit you this morning, but I just ask you guys to just, you know, let the Holy Spirit come into your heart, open up your mind. Are there things that you kind of battle? Are there things that are weighing on you today? And uh, let the scripture speak to you this morning, because I really feel that God um, is really present today and has um, a word of encouragement, comfort, and also sort of a charge uh, for some of us today. So we jump down to verse three. It says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. The part that really stuck out to me here is that it says we have all this or we, we were able to receive all of this through our knowledge of him. Simply through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. And after a while, I noticed that you know, as believers, as we you know continue to walk the walk and we, we journey alongside, sometimes we feel that that's not enough, right? The knowledge of Him isn't enough. It's like, we know Jesus, we have a we have a relationship with Him, but like, but what about this? Like, this thing is happening in my life, or I can't figure this out, and you know, this is unfair, and we have a lot of things that come our way in our walk where the knowledge of Him doesn't seem as valuable as getting an answer getting a certain outcome, being able to say, well, I really need this, and just being so laser focused on that, that we don't come into sort of that full divine power that the Lord you know, places in our live, lives and in our hearts to ensure us that everything is given to us for us to journey in a godly, righteous way. And so sometimes we'll have seasons where we sway. I think all, all of us, you know, myself included, have seasons where we kind of sway away because we lose sight of that. We lose sight that the knowledge of him, having Jesus in our life is enough. Sometimes the enemy works in a way where it feels like it's not enough. But the passage carries on through these. He has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And I, what I find so you know, comforting as well as challenging with, with this particular verse is that it addresses that there are evil worldly desires, right? That we all face. Um, but the charge is that, you know, the charge from Peter in this passage is that we should be doing what we can to hold on to the promises of the Lord, the things that are greater and bigger 
and that are heavenly versus the things that we battle here on earth. But sometimes, again, like I said, if we are in seasons where we don't, you know, come into the realization or we don't accept in our heart that the knowing of of Jesus is enough, that the knowing of God is enough, then that battle that ensues in verse 4, the desires, the evil desires of the world that corrupt our hearts, that really pull us away from the Lord, you know, starts to strain. And so what do we do with that? Because it's hard. We all have tough seasons. We're all struggling with something right now. And every morning we get up and we try to face this and we have a choice. Are we going to face and walk our life with God? Are we going to walk it and try to figure things out on our own? Verse 5 through 9 goes into sort of the charge of what we need to do or how we should approach it or where we need to take a step back and see if we're doing the things that will lead us back, right? Lead us back to God. Lead us back into accepting that the knowledge of him is enough to accept that the great and precious promises apply to each of us, right? Verse 5 says, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. I'm going to read that one more time. I just want you to kind of listen to the words. Maybe I'll get you to do this exercise. Close your eyes. I'm going to read through this passage again. Ask the Spirit if there's one of these or maybe more that God is really saying, you know, if you just press into this, I'm telling you, it's going to set you free. It's going to lead you back into my hands. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. And just, you know, sit on that for a bit. I really felt like as I was reading through this yesterday, I felt like, oh, I need to do all of these things. Um, but you see, like as, you know, you go through this passage, it just builds on each other. And it, it starts with um, having this faith, right? Adding to your faith goodness in, it, in the passage or the scripture, uh, the verse ends in love. And so, sorry, you can open your eyes now, you know, but, but spend time on that. Keep that in your, in your mind, whatever the Lord had just spoken to you. Uh, we continue with verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, you know, like that, that really spoke to me because there's a, there's a complacency that and a comfort that we have in our knowledge of the Lord today. And sometimes we actually want to revert back to what we've experienced with God in the past and we focus on like, well, that trial or that time or that season and we don't spend a lot of time moving forward and building upon that. We kind of stay in this comfort zone. Like we come to church, you pray, you have like, you, you know, you have your kind of system or cycle of doing those things which are good. But what 
I mean, I don't know what it means to you, but there's something about for if you possess possess these qualities in increasing measure. What does that mean to each of us? I think it probably means something different. But if you go back to the couple of verses before where you guys were closing your eyes, are there areas of your kind of your heart or your walk or your spiritual disciplines that actually have stayed a bit stagnant? And then you're kind of wondering like, oh, how come like I can't handle these things or how come I'm so swayed or why am I so stirred up by certain things? Um, I kind of went through that exercise yesterday and I realized, well, I'm lacking in some of these things in terms of just kind of letting go of it, thinking I'm okay in these areas, but actually I'm not. And so I felt really encouraged to say, okay, well, I want to run the race. I want to finish the race well. I want to be in the presence of the Lord, you know, all the time. And so when it says increasing measure, it takes effort. Increasing measure means you're going after it and you're trying and you're reflecting and you're going back to God and you're letting the Holy Spirit reveal things in your heart that could be painful, that could be a challenge, could be like a thorn in your side because you're like, I'm already doing the best I can. Why? Like, how can you be leading to leading me to do more? But it's what are we trying to do more? Like, what are we trying to put our focus in in our lives? Where do you put most of your effort? Where is most of your knowledge coming from? What are the things that you feel like you just can't persevere through? Because those are the very things that God wants to strengthen us and guide us and hold our hands through. Verse 9 kind of gives us the other outcome, which is, But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. And so we don't want to walk, you know, with the Lord with spiritual blindness, which I'm sure it was the same, you know, back in the day. But I think today it's so easily or so easy to be distracted. It's so easy for our values to, to change. The world is and, you know, whether it's the world, the media, you know, the, the sort of really the society that we live in today around the world. There's a lot of pressure to live outside the realms of all these things that God, you know, in scripture is leading us to do or asking us to do, right? You know, like we are always trying to conform to things, but if we are not sort of in line with what God is asking each of us to do, we can be nearsighted and blind. We can forget the very salvation that set us free when we first met God and we can live, you know, as just like we just live in chains. We live imprisoned. We live sort of, you know, at the we're just like babies for the rest of our life. I'm talking about spiritually. But here the charge is to sustain, to to continue to understand and see the promises God has set out for us. You need to every day, you know, increase in the measure of being more Christ-like. That's the charge. We think it's about, you know, uh, just praying or just reading, uh, you know, X amount of pages of scripture. And those things are good. But if that's not building on our ability to have more self-control, if we're not understanding the heart of Jesus as we read through those scriptures, if it doesn't do something in our hearts to say, you know what, I can persevere and hold on, that I can come into mutual affection, which is really, you know, loving our neighbors and 
coming to uh, a point where love just exudes out of us. It's just a natural response because we have this relationship with our Father in heaven. And so, I, you know, you could read it one way and be like, oh my gosh, this is so hard and challenging and I, I feel so judged and, and, and this and that. But I really hope that this morning, it's not about a judgment, but it's really about God wanting us to get through it. God wanting us to see it through and to build on it and to really come into his glory. But we can't get stuck in what the world is wrapping us in because there's no glory there. There's just turmoil and conflict and self-doubt and fear and anxiety. And, you know, the Lord always wants to pull us out of that. And verse 10 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if, do, if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? We're like, um, the, 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 a lot, I'm not saying the common response, but I think even for myself, an easier response is I can't do it. Like these things are way too hard. It takes too much time. I don't have time to focus on those things. I'm too busy with other things. But then when I do reflect and take a step back, I realize when I'm just sort of, you know, if I'm only reading scripture to land on a sermon or I'm only reading scripture because I know I need to pray for this person, none of this stuff, like this knowledge, I don't receive the knowledge. I'm just blindly sharing the knowledge. And, it, and I realize that happens when it doesn't speak to me first. I'm just like going through a textbook, trying to find the answer, right? But when I come through to, to verse 10 and it says, you know, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. This isn't like, you know, ministry calling. This is us being called, um, you know, uh, we're being called by God as children of Christ, or children of God. And, it says, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. You know, there are different parts in our life that we're stumbling through and hobbling through and we're wounded and uh, we're not sure what to do with that. But it, when you look at verse 11, it really becomes a perspective thing, right? As we stumble and go through things, it says, you know, try your very best to hold on to your faith, to your calling, to that to your salvation and if you do these things you won't stumble right but the truth is we do stumble but in verse 11 where i'm encouraged is that as we persevere through that stumbling as we bite down and say you know what i'm going to do the things in verses five to, to, to eight or five to seven sorry then i know that when i reach my home in heaven man the lord's going to be so pleased and so blessed the perspective thing is we're so focused on what's happening today. We're so focused on our five-year plan. And God is like, how about your 500-year plan? How about your 150-year plan? What happens then? Oh, yeah, right, we're in heaven. So the things that we're doing today, the way that we're going through life on earth, which is a very limited time, it's like what's really consuming us? Where are we putting our, our effort? What's really our focus? And so if we 
really put all of our effort in the things that are righteous and holy and life-giving and that help us grow in our spiritual you know development and our spiritual discipline man it's like we are following the right path that when we get to heaven we're like ready we're like god i've already tasted heaven on earth like let's do this right that's the the welcome that god wants to wants to give us it's like yes you know my children I know it was hard. I know you stumbled, but man, you came back. You did these things. And, you know, like now it's time you can just rest and worship. And I, I always get a sense that, you know, when times are tough and I, and I don't see a way out or like hopelessness sets in, you know, the enemy comes in and you start to feel really weary. I just kind of like, you know, look above the ceiling and I just think about, you know, where I'm going. And then a lot of this stuff is like, it's not that big of a deal. Doesn't need, we, we, you know, you can practice things like, let's say, self-control. If you think about all the things where you, we lack self-control and you spend a moment looking above the ceiling to heaven, you're like, that's where I'm headed. A lot of those things are petty. Like, it's not going to make a difference in your life, right? It's not going to, it's not going to, whether you get your way or don't get your way or give in or whatever it is, it's not really going to dictate your, your, your life. This stuff is going to dictate your life because these are the qualities that we need to build upon. These are the things that we need to increasingly grow, right? In order to have God continue to make a difference in our life. If we only stay here at where we are today, we don't have enough. We don't have enough of that sort of, you know, Holy Spirit drive in our hearts living and we're not we're not built up and we're not growing enough in order to withstand the constant attacks of the enemy the constant conforming views and pushes of the media of the world and so take time in 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 reflecting this morning on yeah where where do you feel like god is kind of tugging you or pulling you because he's not tugging you or pulling you to judge you or to condemn you he, he's, he's nudging you and pulling you because he wants to save you again. He wants you to experience freedom again. He wants you to experience revelation on a much deeper level compared to anything you've experienced today. And so in the, in the back half um, of, the, of, the, of the passage today, I'll just kind of touch on it quickly. Um, Peter t- goes on in verse 12 so i will always remind you of these things even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have i think it is right to refresh your memory as long as i live in the tent of this body because i know that i will soon put it aside you know, he has the, the prophecy that you know his time is going to come to an end um, and so he knows that one of the most important things that he has to do is to be the reminder the encourager but also the reminder of, of all these things that we have just gone through this morning. And so sometimes we have to play this role too. I'm switching gears slightly. But if you kind of go through the first part, you're like, you know what? I just went through a season where I was doing those things and I experienced so much growth. And man, I'm like so close to God because I was able to really, you know, step into some of those disciplines. Then you need to encourage a brother or sister in your life. So I will always remind you of these things. 
that's what we need to do too with one another. We have to journey alongside, right? I mean, Peter could have easily been like, well, I do these things, and so I don't know. I'm not going to say anything, but I know I do them. There's only so, so, much, like so, so much good that comes out of only doing it yourself, but not inviting others into that amazing time you either had with the Lord or seasons you've walked through or maybe you're currently going through where you have you know, an encouragement or God is speaking to you or you see breakthrough or you've been able to persevere even though the breakthrough you wanted didn't come. All of these things are great reminders and testimonies to encourage the body of Christ. And so never forget to do that. There's so much power in our sharing, right? Like the, the truth is often what happens when we don't openly share and we don't openly kind of, um, you know, journey closer together is we start to see church in a, in a very like, you know, in a distant view. And then this is what we end up thinking. We look around the room and we're like, from what I know of you, right? Like you work here, you do this, you have kids, you do this. We're like, everyone is doing great. Everyone is doing well. I think, wow, everyone must be doing good because of ABC, which is like, I don't know, because of their career, because they have a family, because they have kids, because they just went on this vacation that I saw them post. They must be doing amazing. And then we just journey like that. Like everyone must be doing great. The truth is we're all struggling with something. We all need to come together and encourage one another just like Peter does here. It's a firm message, right? But it's a message that's life-giving. That if we can see through our pain and some of our pride and things, we can realize, wow, this stuff is actually really good. These are the things worthwhile to put our time in and reflecting and praying and asking others to come and, and you know keep us accountable. And so don't lose sight of don't lose sight of that. Um, you know, in verse 16 and 17, he touches upon, you know, the testimony. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of the Lord. Uh, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He goes on to say, you know, they heard him and things. But that is also our reality, too, that we all know Jesus. We all have our own testimony. We all have this. And so this isn't like a, a you know, a list of to do's or a list of you know, self-help, get better sort of attributes. This is coming from God. You know, scripture is the living word of God. And so this is God speaking to us this morning. And we need to, you know, really come into that truth and understanding to receive everything he wants to give us. In verse 18, it says, we ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. You know, I've had like people ask me, especially like in GIC and stuff, they're like, well, I've never heard God before. I've never heard him. And so like, I'm unsure. And when I, when I have come across scriptures, I've never heard the audible voice of God either. I don't think a lot of people have. But the fact that we received Christ means we heard him. Meaning the way that God communicates with us is really different than how, you know, we, he doesn't WhatsApp us, right? He doesn't call us on the phone. He might not write, uh, you know, dear Evane letter, right? But the fact that we can say, Lord, I accept you, right? I accept you as my savior, right? 
if we are resp- if we are saying that with all of our heart, that means God talks to us. Because what would make us say that, believe that, and do that if God wasn't speaking? So I always tell people in GIC, uh, you're saved and you've accepted Christ. That means you've heard from him. You might have heard in your heart, right? Which is I actually feel hearing with your heart versus hearing with your ears is one of the most precious experiences ever that, that Christians get to have. Because listening with your ears, I mean, we, we, we hear things, we're unsure, we misinterpret all the time. But when you are able to receive and listen through your heart, it is like so convicting. Like there's no doubt when God is speaking to you because he speaks to your heart, not your ears. What do we do with that? What we do with that is we come alongside one another, we remind each other, we encourage each other. And then finally, in the, in, the, in the very bottom section, we also have the prophetic, verse 19, we also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it. As to a, shine, a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. You know, all of us have received at a time or another a prophetic word, a vision, we had a dream. I really encourage you to reflect on some of those. I recently went through that, went through like recordings of prophecies and prayers from like five years ago, seven years ago, because I forgot, I forgot what God had spoken to me many, many years ago. And I realized a lot of those things have come true, come to fruition, but I forgot. So it's like, I can't even know what God is doing in my life because I can't remember all the things he promised me. So spend time going back on some of those things because I'm sure God will reveal to you, he has always been there. He's always been walking with you. He's always been there to guide you through things. And on the flip side, you know, we're not all prophets, but we, through the Holy Spirit, we all have the ability to speak on behalf of God too. And that's also a very, very powerful thing as we speak into one each other's lives. So, I mean, I'll, I'll end there or else we could go forever. But uh, just bow your heads. Um, spend some time in, in just reflection. We kind of covered many things this morning. But I really felt the Father's heart for each of us is that he wants us to run the race and finish the race strong. Not as like a, a, not not in a manner of like performance, but in a manner of substance. That God would want, wants us to experience him in everything, the highs and lows, when we're young, when we're old. You know, through the triumphs and celebrations, but also through some of the, the hard parts of life. He's not, he's not pushing us to grow in these different things just so he can, you know, say, hey, like, look at my kids. They're so great at, you know, having self-control. They're so good to one another. He's not doing that for himself. He's doing that because he, he knows that that's what's going to set us free. 
he's encouraging us and you know it's in scripture i believe because this is like a lifeline it's like if you're in the middle of a you know raging water and you need a someone to throw a life vest to you uh, that's how you can consider this this is a life vest what could be bad if we were adding goodness to our faith knowledge to our goodness self-control um, to our knowledge and perseverance godliness mutual affection love what's bad about these things what in our hearts is telling us that it's not worthy or worth um, worth it to pursue more of this i mean as we read this it's like you know knowledge is is the knowledge of the lord which helps us then as we kind of come more into his understanding and his heart for us you know these things come naturally self-control becomes natural perseverance becomes natural godliness you know through his righteousness we receive so the lord wants to bless each of you i know there's something that's really bothering each of you today there's a response that hasn't come there's a you know there's a suffering that's happened there's a broken relationship that's still straining uh, there's a stress because something hasn't come through i know all of us are going through something along those lines but today i feel the lord is is, is really telling you you can you're, you're going to get through it not even you can you will focus on the things that matter focus on the things that are above this world focus on me and so as we go into a time of worship just reflect on that this morning be encouraged and let the lord speak to you <laughs>